Yeah, talking about liquidiv.com, promo code Nooners at checkouts. You see us drinking it on the show every single day. Where would we be, Japes, without Liquid IV in our lives? Dehydrated, we'd have headaches, we'd be tired, yeah. exhausted. Yep. Not be able to get through the day, get through work. We'd be sick all the time. I'd be hungover. <laughs> Every single day. Love the liquid IV. Liquid IV hydrates you with benefits like electrolytes, essential vitamins, and clinically tested nutrients with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drinks out there, plus eight vitamins and nutrients in a single stick. It's clear why Liquid IV is the number one powdered hydration brand in America. It's just a little tiny stick full of powder. Pop it in 16 ounces of water. You're good to go. What's your reckon, Jabes? Double or triple hydrated? I would say double. I'd say triple. What? Nay. I'll say triple today. Huge fan of Liquid IV. Turn your ordinary water into extraordinary hydration. With Liquid IV, get 20% off your first order of Liquid IV when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code Nooners at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop better hydration today using promo code Nooners at liquidiv.com. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Ross. Patterson Revolution! Brought to you by BlackRifleCoffee.com Welcome to Ross Patterson Revolution. We got a big show tonight, kids. We got one of my favorites, one of my beef fries. Um, We got an actor named Riley Smith on the show who uh, I guarantee you, you're going to know uh, as soon as his little face pops up on the screen for the video audience or you hear his voice on the audio, you're going to be like, oh, fuck. Uh, that guy's been in a million things. I love that guy. He's great. Yes, he is great. Um, we've been friends for, fuck, a very, very long time. And uh, just he's one of the good ones. Just one of the good dudes in L.A. that you're always rooting for. And tonight, I thought I'd give him a, a call and check in with him. He just got a new pilot on Fox called Proven Innocent. That starts airing this fall. It's with uh, Kelsey Grammer. Can't get any bigger than that. And uh, the creator is uh, the, the guy who created Empire. So uh, Danny Strong. So it should be a big show. And uh, I wish him nothing but success. And we're, we're going to hop on a call with him. But first, we got some sponsors who pay for this whole fucking stink wagon to be on the air. And I'm th- yeah, I'm throwing a, an SCH and stink wagon tonight. Why not? Fuck it. Uh, first and foremost, we've got BlackRifleCoffee.com. Black Rifle Coffee is a premium roast-to-order coffee. It is made 100% by veterans, so you know it's good. You know it's on time. Um, no, they got a, a bunch of amazing blends. If you're watching the video show, you see it on my show all the time. It's sitting on my desk. Uh, the caffeinated as fuck and the just black are my favorites. Uh, their apparel is second to none. I got one of their new tees on tonight. Uh, a little chainsaw coffee shirt kicking off tonight. Um, but we we uh, we have a coffee club of the month with these guys. And uh, when I say we, I mean me and Jesse. We each order a separate a separate blend, and it comes in uh, the exact same dates of every single month. 
that coffee club of the month is, is the fucking bomb. It's about $4 cheaper than Costco. Uh, they got K-Cups, they got bags, uh, and they've got some of the finest apparel and cups in the business. Use the one-time promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off. Next up, we've got When Darkness Falls. He doesn't catch it. Yeah, it's my new book. Uh, that is out. Um, whew, that is out now for pre-sale. It's coming in hot everywhere. Uh, it's the sequel to A Night She Cries While He Rides His Steed. Funniest book ever written. Uh, Tubman's on the cover. Going after that bestseller list, son. Um, we're getting close. We're getting super, super fucking close. So go ahead and order that. And uh, just try to push me over the edge there. Uh, support the show. Support me. I appreciate it. Uh, look, the last book killed. This book is even funnier. So go fuck yourself. Just go get it. And, and, and don't think about it. Next up, we got StrikeForceEnergy.com. Strikeforce Energy is an OG day one homie. Not a side chick, OG day one homie. Uh, we got a ridge. We got uh, orange. We got grape. We got lemon. Uh, Strikeforce has got four flavors. They've also got a 10-pack, 40-pack, and a 750-milliliter bottle. This guy, boom, boom, that rests on your bar top or countertop. You can just pop a couple squirts in and go. It is the premier energy drink in the biz a tasty tiny little tin pouch that squeezes open into any liquid available and uh, it lasts longer than five hour energy. You can kick the can, kids. Go to strikeforceenergy.com. Try yourself a pack. They ship everywhere in the entire world. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off, and that's good every time. Ooh, every single time. Uh, next up, we've got Wood Burned Warriors. The sign over my shoulder. The new hot piece for the set is uh, designed by Woodburn Warriors. It's uh, the Ross Patterson Revolution American flag slash logo. And uh, super uh, unbelievably grateful to these guys for designing it. Uh, but, but that's all they do. They make fucking some of the dopest designs and uh, uh, pieces for your house. I'm talking a living room, family room, all of it. Uh, they, they make shit custom. So if you want your family members, yourself your lover, your side chick, you can do whatever you want. Um, and they can engrave it for you. They also do uh, American flags, and they're 100% veteran-owned. Uh, go to woodburnedwarriors.com. Use the promo code REVOLUTION for 15% off, and that's a big savings. And again, this is one of these pieces. If you go to them and buy, buy one of their fucking uh, big pieces from them, uh, it lasts forever, man. And it's a fucking dope-ass centerpiece for your house, so... Go to Woodburn Warriors, uh, support veterans, support veteran-owned companies, and uh, and check out all the shit. They've also got American flags that are like conceal and carry, where it's just boom, you can throw some guns in it. Nobody knows. Somebody breaks in your house, it's right, it's right behind the flag, and then you can fucking just absolutely ice them. Go to WoodburnWarriors.com. Promo code Revolution, fifteen percent off. Last but not least, talking about StraightRazors.com. Jables is not here, but if she was. She would say, you like it? Uh, StraightRazors.com is, uh, look, they're, they're making the best uh, shaving products in the biz uh, for dudes. They got uh, mustache waxes, beard oils as well. Uh, they got shampoos, conditioners. Uh, stra their straight razors are second to none. And if you're worried about using a straight razor, they got a safety razor that you can start with and, uh, and kind of move on. Uh, with your day the thing I like about them is the razors are so precise that it, it takes about two or three days off of your shaving 
which is nice. And uh, when you go to straightrazors.com and use the promo code REVOLUTION for 20% off, that's a big boy savings there because that's the, the shit they have there is nice as fuck. Uh, big fan of straightrazors.com. I use their aftershave every day. Just try a bottle of the Smolder. Uh, if you don't like it, you can punch me in the dick when you see me. Uh, all right, kids. We're going to hop into the show talking to Riley Smith tonight. Uh, one, of my, one of my first uh, friends in, L- in L.A. Uh, super stoked to have him on the show. Great dude. I think you'll enjoy this interview. Rock. There he is. Yeah, buddy. Hey, give me. Let me call you back in uh, three minutes. I'm walking out of the bar, which is exactly where you want me. Ah, perfect, perfect. Yeah, call, call me back. I'll call, I'll call you in three minutes. <laughs> All right, bye, buddy. All right, bye. Riley, dude, this would be like Taxi Cab Confessions, except 2018 style. Uber. <laughs> <laughs> What bar are you walking out of right now is my, is my question. Uh, Laurel Tavern. You, I, I don't even think this thing existed when you lived here. Um, it's uh, like Laurel and Ventura, you know, just a uh, little uh, Valley Side pub. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know exactly what you were talking about. Um, what, what, yeah. what were you doing out there tonight? Let's get into that, Riley. Yeah, well, you know, it's a funny story about this. I, I, I came here to meet up with a, a record label guy talk about some music and we we i i barely know him i i think i talked to him for 30 minutes on the phone and we were like yeah let's meet up and talk some business we sit down and uh within 10 minutes of trying to talk business like these cougars sit next to us this kid this like record kid like a, a label guy he was like so on point this guy must have been on adderall or something like he was just firing at these girls and it was working. I mean, they were cougars, so like they were all into it. Sure. And next thing you know, like our whole hour, what was supposed to be a business, uh, you know, drinks ended up being him hitting on cougars, and uh, you know, I, I walked away with nothing. <laughs> that you know what? That's the way that it turns out in L.A. almost every single night, where it's just like, all right, cool. Hey, we're here for the fucking ten models, but guess what? We'll settle for the cougars, and then that doesn't end up happening. <laughs> I think dude, he's still in there with them. He might get lucky. I, I, I had to walk away. I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm in a pens only uh, situation now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Look, there's a lot of times you just got to throw the cards in and say, you know what? Uh, I'm all good tonight. Uh, this hand's not going to win it yeah. for me, and I got to walk away from the table. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm, at, I'm at the place where now, like, unless I'm playing for the Patriots, I'd just rather be a free agent. Yeah, I, look, you've gone strong. All of us is, ha, have caved. Um, back in the day, it was, uh, look, me, you, Clayne. Uh, I think you and, and Christian are still going single. Like, it, you guys are the only ones left yeah. out of our crew. I know. I know, man. And the fact that all of us are still alive right now is pretty uh, impeccable. I can't believe that. It, it, one, it's crazy. Two, you look better than all of us, by the way. You look identical. <laughs> So when we first moved out there, the rest of us looked like we were, we were in a fucking World War II movie. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I've, it's not for lack of trying to fuck myself up. I have, I've been, you know, I've been going hard for 20 years. I feel like it's, it's got to catch up. It has caught up to me. I can see it. 
No, but I, you're never going to look like a you're never going to look like a little Backstreet Boy forever. So sooner or later, I had to. I feel like I just like did some self inflicted because at one point I wasn't aging, and I was like, I need to grow up. Like no one's hiring me to be a man, and I can't be a boy anymore. And like, what the hell am I? I'm like, and I was in this like middle place, yeah, physically. And so I just thought, let me speed up the process. You know, do some drugs and drink a lot of alcohol, smoke some cigarettes, and see what happens. And uh, and you know, and still, it didn't do enough. <laughs> you know what? You know what's weird? It's funny you bring that up, dude. So I like I was in the same place. I remember doing all these teen movies growing up, and then then I got to be twenty eight years old, and I got this movie called Accepted. Which was a, you know, I know, I remember that. It, it turned out to be a bit like a, a pretty decent sized teen movie. It was pretty big, but like I remember when they put me and Jonah Hill and uh, Blake Lively together to sign our contracts, and we were we were at Universal, and I looked at Blake, and she was I think just turning eighteen years old on her contract. Jonah Hill I think was like twenty twenty two or twenty three. I lied on mine and I, I wrote down that I was like 24 years old, but literally I was 28 still starring in teen movies. And I was like, yo, yeah. I got to fucking change this. Like I, I know exactly that spot you were talking about. Like you're not a boy and you're not a man and nobody knows what to do with you. And you're still kind of doing teen movies. Yeah. And, uh, it's a weird spot to be in, isn't it? Yo, dude, that one, that, that little area of my, my career killed me for a second, man, because uh, <clears throat> I remember my agents and managers at the time would be like, you know, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm not doing anything different. Like, I'm going into these auditions. I'm doing the same shit I always did, and they're not buying. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what to do. And then, you know, people are trying to, like, well, do you need to, like, take acting class or do you need to change it up? I'm like, no, I just need to grow, I need to grow up. Like, I don't... I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I mean, it, what happens is they, they put you in a box and then you start to get in a box because you're comfortable with what you do and what you play and who you are. And you've got to somehow, move, you know, get out of that and roll over to the next phase. But no, honestly, for the people that, I, that have done it seamlessly, it's, uh, that's kudos to them because it's really hard. And most, as you know, Ross, like a lot of these people, like they, a lot of people fall off and never see them again. So if you can just like, you know, sustain and, and somehow flip to the other side, you're lucky. And then it depends on how long it takes. But I mean, for me, yeah, I just had to like catch up with my, my, you know, my face had to catch up with my age. And, <clears throat> and then I had to get into a, a place where people believed it really. And I don't think I, I'm not even close to being there yet, but at least I'm on the other side of it. So the good news is, is, I got through it and, you know, nothing traumatic happened. And then at the same time, I kept working somehow. I just kept finding these random roles. Like when I did Frequency two years ago, it was, you talk about like a godsend. Like this, like th that was at that place where I wasn't uh, quite sure. I wasn't quite sure um, like who I was yet, but then there, there came this role and it's the lead role of the CW show where the guy has to be, uh, 28 and he has to be and he has to be 38 and they're like well we can just age you up to 38 and i was like really i am 38 but that's cool so um <laughs> I, I found this like i found this role that had to span 10 years and not a lot of people can do that so that then you know bought me a year of playing that and taking that opportunity to grow up and and then you know and then it, here we are but it's like 
it's hard. You just got to get to the other side of it, really. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for, like me personally, I, like, I'm so specific that I, I had to change the game for myself. So, uh, like, after Accepted was done, I was just like, fuck this. I, I, I've got to start doing my own movies that I write and direct and produce and all that shit. And uh, I made them as weird as possible. I mean, look, you, you see my Instagram posts and all that shit. And, you know, I've been successful at, at doing that for the last 10 years. But it's, it, it's a super strange place where it's like, all right, great. I, I've got to dr- dramatically change my career. Whereas you, I, I know what you're talking about, about being in that, in that rough spot where you're like, man, all right, I'll, I'll grow out of this and see what happens. But in the meantime, you found music, too, in between that. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was always doing the music to keep myself sane and out of trouble. I mean, it was either go out to the bars with you guys, and uh, you know, we did plenty of that. And then at some point, I started. I had, I mean, back when we were hanging out in the early two thousands, I had like an eight track recorder, and I'll never forget. Like we would. I remember my house was always the party house. Everyone would come back there always, every and, single night, every single and, night. Every single night, and like you know, it end up with like Clay and Kane like wrestling in my front yard, <laughs> and it was just always something. But I would always end up disappearing up to my office. Uh, I had a little office upstairs, and I would like make music on my eight track recorder, and it sucked, but I just loved it. And I would go to all the Kane shows at the Viper Room and everywhere he's playing, and like just wait for him to call us on stage to sing the last song with him. And I, I knew I was like, I always want to do this, but I just didn't have the. Uh, balls or the resources to do it i guess but you know finally it all started to come together and the opportunities uh open themselves up and then you know i just now that's that's my stick like i'm acting i act and then when i'm when i'm on hiatus i just am like buried in music and that keeps me out of trouble it keeps me sane and and now it's kind of become like a thing so that's cool yeah and and the, the the wild thing about it to me is this is like to me and, and the rest of our friends, like you've always been that one consistent, steady working actor. Kane has been kissed by Jesus where he's been on series <laughs> for the last 20 years that have gone magically. Every series goes like eight years for that guy. Um, and look, he's, he's one of my best friends and I love him, but that, that doesn't happen to anybody. I have another buddy, Steve Howie, who's the same way, who went from Reba yeah. to Shameless. And it's just like, dude. I, I, I can't even imagine what your residual checks are like. You, on the other hand, you seem to get a series once every two years that gets canceled after like eight, ten episodes, but you're consistently working and you have been for a very, very long time, which, look, speaks to you as an actor, but not a lot of people can fucking do that. Yeah, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned Howie. So this all will tie together. Follow me here. So yeah, you're right. Yeah, I'm always like, the guy who's somehow, I think I've had more failed pilots than George Clooney. I think I've had uh, worse luck with shows that can't get past a year than anybody. And it's almost like a, it's, it becomes a joke. They're like, how many, you know, like it did with the pilots. At one point, I think I was 0 for 12. And everyone's like, how can you not get a pilot picked up? I'm like, it's almost impossible at this point. Like everyone, like I'm at Kutcher, Ashley Kutcher had his first pilot picked up and Kane never had a failed pilot, and everybody yeah. I know usually had a pilot go after one or two, and here I am like 12 deep, and I haven't had one, but I'm like, but I'm getting them. Like, I'm in the game, and then even when the pilots don't go, they put me on a show as a reoccurring, and so I kept working. So I never got upset that, I never got upset at the failure, because I was always like, 
the joke's kind of on everybody else because I'm still getting all the shit. You know, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, well, you're not getting pilot. I mean, I'm still getting a pilot even if it fails. But you know, I mean, maybe I'm. I should be laughing at myself. But at the same time, it always ended up working out. But but then I look at the stuff where I almost got things, and this is what people don't ever know. Like um, speaking of speaking of Howie, um, I tested against him for the Reba pilot. It was between me and him for that role. I, you know, and, it's, you know, it's funny. That was one of my first auditions in LA. So when he was on the show a few weeks ago and I, and I told him and I was like, yo, I was up for that. I didn't test for it. Like you guys did. You guys were down to the final two. I was close. I would say like, you know, top five. And then they, you know, they always narrow it down to two for the test. But, uh, I remember thinking to myself at the time and I told Howie this, I was like, dude, it's Reba. Like, how long yeah. is that show going to go for eight seasons later? It's like, oh, okay, great. You can retire off of fucking Reba. Yeah, dude, and that was the thing. Like, and you, you would have been, you would have been way better off than me to test for that shit. I had no business. I at that particular year, I had a uh, deal with Warner Brothers where basically they had bought me on a holding deal and they had to pay me, and so they had to give me a pilot. And they had tested me at that one particular week. I think I tested for like four, uh, like out of five days of the week, I tested four times. Like I went in almost every day for a different role, and they kept trying to make like this like round things in the square hole. And, and every time I go in, it was a different role in a different show, but it was the same executives. And so it was hard for them to take me serious because every day they see me as a different guy. And uh, so when it got time for Reba, that was like, I think like the Friday of that week, it was the last one. And I didn't give a shit. I was like, I'm not even a comedy guy. So I have to do something that will make them laugh. And I remember that there was a bathroom in, um, at that time, it was uh, Catherine Letterly, who was the head of the Warner Brothers casting. It was her office where they did the studio test. And there was a bathroom in the office. So I was like, you know, I'm going to try to make them laugh right off the, uh, right off the bat. Because I'm not funny. They've already seen me for four dramas in a row in the last four days. Let me try to make them laugh. So I walk in, and they're like, uh, this is Riley Smith for the role or whatever. And uh, I go, hey, um, excuse me, guys. I, I, I really need to take a pee. And I walked into the bathroom, shut the door, didn't have to go to the bathroom. And then I looked at myself in the mirror and I was like, well, what the fuck are you doing, dude? So now I'm like, just commit, go with it. So I flush the toilet, I unzip my pants, I wash, I fake wash my hands, and then I walk out of the bathroom, unzip, uh, zipping my pants back off and put my, my belt on. And uh, I'm like, all right, all right, I'm ready to go now. And it was like crickets. No one laughed. I'm like, well, my, my fake joke didn't work. Like, these jokes aren't going to work. And then, obviously, the rest is history. I didn't get it. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's but, the worst, yeah. isn't it? When you when you have, like, a bit in your mind, and then you go into the 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 casting yeah. office, and you're just like, and it doesn't, it falls flat, and everybody's just, I mean, literally staring at you like, if, like you have a dick growing out of your forehead, and you're like, God <laughs> damn it. I mean, that was... That was like, that was literally like 15 years ago. Had I known what I know now, it's like, if you got to go into a screen test using gimmicks and props, you're fucked. Yeah. You shouldn't even be there to begin with. And I, I didn't know that then. I know that now. But, you know, I, I gave it my all. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, look, it, yeah. you have to, but it's also one of those things that like keeps you up at night that still haunts you where you're like, oh, fuck. Remember that thing you, you did and you wish you could never, yeah. ever do again? That, that's That's what it is. Um, I that's look. one. That's one of them. And I have a lot of them. But then I think about like you know, at, at that time in our lives, I mean, there was a lot of shows I tested for that 
it, it, had I gotten, ended up going like eight years, like One Tree Hill or The Reel or, you know, OC was one that I took support with in the Beer Big Show. And like, yeah. All these shows where I look back and you could be bitter and go, fuck, that could have changed my life. But then at the same time, I look at it and I go, it, had I been on One Tree Hill or, or Reba for those eight years, for me personally, and nothing against the guys that, that got it, but for me personally, I wouldn't have done all the other things I got to do in those eight years. I wouldn't have met all the people that I met doing those shows and the writers and creators and producers. And, and all of those things led to where I am now because a lot of those people re, rehired me for other things and those things led to other things. And that, you know, it's like, I always call it like the, uh, you know, the Plinko board in, um, in uh, Price is Right, oh, where yeah. you drop it at the top and it bounces around and you can land on zero to a million or whatever at the bottom. And you don't know where it's going to go, but every move dictates the next move, dictates the next move. And then that kind of ultimately gets you to where you end up. And so I'm a firm believer in like, I'm where I'm supposed to be for a reason. And uh, I've done everything I can to get me to where I'm supposed to be. And, you know, of course I fucked up some shit, and, but, um, but it's for a reason, for a reason, for a reason, for a reason, man. So, you know, all those missions happened because then I got to work with other people that got me to do other things that got me to where I am now. So, I mean, ultimately, I always tell people, like, if, if things hadn't worked out so good, I'd probably be bitter, but I'm not bitter because it all has worked out so far. Yeah, I, look, it, it, and then you have the opposite realm where it's just like, dude, people are still holding on to that one thing where they're like, man, if I would have got this, it would have changed my life. Uh, with, with you, yeah. on the other hand, I mean, fuck, you, you've got a million credits to this point, and you're like, yeah, all right, great. Uh, another day at the J-O-B, and that's about it. Yeah, and that's the thing is that I think a lot of people, as you know, dude, like out here, everyone thinks that that one thing is going to be the life changer. And, and the truth is, is that nothing, no one thing. Re- I mean, sometimes if you're really, really, really lucky, one thing changes your life. And we all know a few people like that. And I do, you do, but really, usually, and realistically, it's not one thing is going to change your life. So you just have to buckle down and, and keep doing it and, and, and be good at what you do. I mean, you know, ultimately we all get a break or two, but if you don't have the goods to back it up, it doesn't matter. You know, no, a hundred percent. And, uh, you know, you look back at it and again, like, cause I'm the same, uh, like, you know, mindset as you are where uh, fuck man, at this point I've done a million goddamn things and it's all led to like weird shit throughout my career. But you know, at, at the end of the day, you look at it and you're like, all right, cool. Minus one or two things. I'm, I'm probably where I'm supposed to be at this point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Once you get, like, I remember, you probably too, like, when you move to L.A., you think, oh, I'm going to be the next Brad Pitt or whoever it is for you, you know? I mean, yeah. DiCaprio or whatever. And then at one Vin, point... Vin, Vince Vaughn like, was my dude where it was just like, I, I remember yeah. in college, and I was sitting in, a, in an independent theater watching Swingers, and I was like, ah, all right, that, that's, that's who I am, and that's probably what, what will end up happening to me. And, and that's not the case. Like, again, with most of those teen movies, it was like dramatic, you know fucking pushing people down the hill that type of shit and you're like oh i don't really get to be the funny guy right now but maybe i will be later on in, in, in life you know yeah yeah um, well, I, I mean you, you yeah vince vaughn's dope i mean you got you guys have a lot of similarities in your in your you know timing and things like that 
He's great. But, you I, know, I, I just, I, you know, I look at him and like, I wonder if he ever wanted to do comedy or what his story was because he's not doing it now. And, uh, you know, I, I look at the, the choices and movies he's made. You did what? True Detective with him, right? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I did, I did that with him. And I, I also, um, you know, I have a funny story about Vince Vaughn and I, I actually don't care if he hears this, but he probably never will. Uh, th- this is all right. R- Riley, this is all live. So this is all going on right good. now. There's no editing in this. Oh, good. Cool. That's the beauty of podcasts. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's good to know. <laughs> I did not know that, Ross. I thought that you were editing No, cool. look, um, no, R- Riley, th- this is a so top when- 20 show in the world. We, we have, a, we have uh, I don't know, probably like 1.2 million listeners. It all stays. It all stays in the end. Uh, unless somebody good, fucking good. really goes off the goddamn rails where you're just like, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to save that person. Um, but yeah. So, so far, I've just been honest. Well, this is a true story. It doesn't even matter. He, would, he wouldn't remember it. And so we can talk about it if he wants to. But one one time, this is back when you and I were hanging out, like in our 20s, we went to a club on Kalanga, I forget what it's called. And I, I'll never forget, I had this like mesh trucker hat, which was the style back then. And uh, it was a, Iowa mesh, like concrete trucker hat that my grandfather had worn every day at work. His sweat rings were inside of it. And I went into that club that night and Joey Lord, we were sitting at a table with Joey Lord Adams, who was best friends with Vince Vaughn. They were there and everybody's like at the table and, you know, you're feeling cool and you're probably sitting on the back of the, the, the table at the club, you know, you sit on the back of the seats and all that. Oh bullshit. yeah. 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 And I just remember, uh, Joey Lord Adams was like, I really like your hat. Can I wear it? And I'm like, oh man, I'm like chasing Amy's like my jam. And yeah, I'm going to give you my hat. So I let her wear it. And then at the end of the night, I go to get it back because the club, the, the night's over, the club's closed. And I'm like, hey, can I get my hat? And she was like, no, I want to keep it. And I was like, no, but it's my grandfather's. I need to get that back. And then Vince steps up and like shoves me. And he's like, that's her hat, bro. Get the fuck away from her. And I was like, no, dude. I'm t- I mean, honestly, it's my grandpa. I'm I'm trying to explain how important it is. And dude wanted to like throw down. And he's huge. Like he's a big guy. I'm not. Yeah, he's six. Fight. He's six five. Yeah, he's six five. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not trying to fight this one. And like, dude, just like straight up, like was like, that's her hat now. And I had to like, I lost that hat forever. It was my grandfather's hat with his sweat rings in it. And on some stupid club night. Joey Lauren Adams walked out with it because Vince Vaughn threatened to beat me up. <laughs> I mean, he, if, if he heard this, he would feel like an asshole, and he should. And, uh, you know, and, and by the way, we're all young and dumb, and everyone's probably drunk, so whatever. Shit happens, but that's my Vince Vaughn story. So when I did True Detective with him, I was like, am I going to tell him this? Am I going to? Tell me you and told him. Tell really, me you told him that fucking story. No. Because I never really worked with them. I only worked with Rachel McAdams. So I never, which by the way, I got the better end of that deal anyway. From when we worked yeah, with Rachel yeah. McAdams. But, um, but no, I never, to, I never told Vince the story. So hopefully somebody passes this on to him and he feels like a jerk. That's funny, man. I, I've got a, I had a few run-ins with Vince Vaughn. Uh, most of them in, in a positive fashion. Clayne uh, was friends with him, obviously. So um, there was there was once he used to drive around in a purple Trans Am all over Los Angeles um, before he was married and all that shit. And I was like, man, I could never tell if it was ironic or like if he was in on the joke of like, dude, I'm driving a purple Trans Am or if he loved it. Like he was one of those guys and, and he was listening to like Sinatra or, or, you know, somebody in that elk. And I was like, 
fuck. All right. Are you really this guy? Or are you, are you not really that guy? And then there was another night where I, I went to a dinner with him and uh, everybody was like, oh man, I, like I heard you're super funny. Like Vince is really fucking funny. And like I, I ran court that night and I was like, all right, cool. <laughs> I, to this day, I, I really don't know who the real Vince Vaughn is or, or, or you know, what that is. Um, but the, the, the stealing of the hat story does not surprise me in, in the, in the least. Um, yeah, didn't he, he just got, he just got re- arrested for like, uh, DUI resisting yeah. arrest and yeah, DUI yeah. down in uh, Manhattan so, beach, um, which look, let's face it. A DUI in LA is, 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 is pretty much a given at some point in your career. Um, there's nothing yeah. you can really do about that. And like Manhattan beach, fucking forget it. There's a goddamn, you know, stop up every, uh, what Friday and Saturday night there. Vince should have known better at this point. Um, but at least he was arrested well, with I a dude. The reason, the, the reason he got a, a resisting arrest is probably cause he's like, yo, I'm Vince Vaughn. You don't give me a ticket for this. And they're like that one particular cop is like, I'm going to. Yeah. And then that was, that was. The resisting portion. Oh yeah, yeah. And he's like, uh, uh, you, you, you're you're not going to give me a ticket for this, right? You're you're, you're not going to give me a ticket for this. And they were like, Nah, actually, yeah, yeah. It's like, yeah. He's like, Well, this is where I'm going to resist that ticket and walk away. And they're like, No. Yeah, but yeah. That's probably what happened. He probably uh, stuttered into no. the breathalyzer, and that's that's what set it off. And they were like, Look, man, it's it's like a a point two four. You're done. Like you're going to prison tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we've all had one I, I got one when I was 19 I got one and I we had uh, me and like four of my roommates because I think there was four of us living in a two bedroom at that time in LA uh, this is like yeah yeah this is probably like 99 here's a funny story about it so I had I had my one of my very first jobs ever in LA I auditioned for Christina Aguilera's uh, Genie in a Bottle video and at that time, nobody knew who she was because it was her first single. And How hot was she her, back so. in the day, by the way? Yeah, I mean, I guess. Right? But I, I, at that particular moment, I never heard of her. So um, so then at the same day, I got offered to uh, get that Seventh Heaven uh, show. And, and I, I was like, well, I want to be an actor. I don't want to do music videos, so I'm going to take that. So I passed on the music video. Cut to like eight months later, me and my, my four roommates, we sneak into the Clive Davis after Grammy party, like using some bullshit names. Cause back then it was just like, oh, um, here was, here was the deal. You probably pulled this trick too, but they, you know, you used to have a couple different entrances and they would both have the list on, on like a, you know, a big tab in front of them. So yeah. you go to one door and you'd sneak a glimpse at the list and just whatever names you could catch. You remember one, that was our goal. Like you just see names, catch them. And then you say your name, and they go, no, you're not on the list. Oh, okay, cool. Then you go to the other entrance, and you use the names you saw on the list from the other entrance. Sure. So, so we used some bullshit names, got in, we're drinking, and all of a sudden that night, Christina won like every Grammy. That was her big breakout. And she's walking into the Clyde Davis party, and she walks right up to me, and all my friends are like, fuck, this, this girl's walking right up to me. I'm like, I know, I don't know what's going on. And then she's like, you're supposed to do my music video. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. So we ended up going and, and sitting at a table and drinking with her all night, which was a, like, at, at, I think I was like 21 years old at that point. That was a highlight of my life. And so on the drive home, we're wasted and ex- I'm excited. Like, yeah, I'm going to go hook up and have a date with Christina. And then, uh, and then boom, all of a sudden there's like lights behind me, one exit from my house. And it only got worse because then my roommate who was in the car wasted, starts yelling at the cop, like, you can't arrest him. He's got to work on a TV show tomorrow, which was Freaks and Geeks. And 
And so I did have like a 6 a.m. call uh, the oh, next morning. And they're fuck. like, oh. so I end up, they, they arrest me. And I only do a point of eight. So I ended up getting a drop down to like a, a wet reckless, which got me out of a lot of trouble. And I still work in Canada. And this, that's a whole other thing. But, um, but anyway, so uh, I went to jail. And and was late to work on Freaks Geeks the next day, and then was on the cover of USA Today. So Freaks and actor arrested, and you know uh, that was before it was even no cool to be arrested. No fucking there was, way. There was TMZ. Like my parents wanted to disown me, um, and I'll never forget. John Appleton walked out to me, and I thought I was going to get fired. And all he said was, "He goes, are, are you okay?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm okay. Am I, I'm still on the show." He's like, "Yeah," um, but but. It dropped it down to a wet reckless, and and that was the best thing that ever happened to me because I never drank and drove again. I've been like firm against that, and it was hard for a while. Like before Uber, it was really hard to stick to your guns and not drink and drive because cabs in LA suck. Like I almost got fist fights with cabs because they won't take cards and they yeah, and, and it's you know, super they're... expensive because you're going across town. Nothing's ever close to to you know no. whatever party you're going to is not close to the next one. It's all like twenty miles away. It's forty dollars a piece, and they all claim they won't take car, and they won't take yeah. cars supposedly, like back in the day. And yeah, dude, it was always a fist fight. But um, but now it's like you know, change the game, lift or whatever, change the game. So it's, it, now it's easier. But but the beauty of that was, I, I'm lucky it happened because I was you know, nineteen, twenty year old kid from Iowa who I drank and drove in high school because that's what you did, and then out here I would have kept doing it until something happened so luckily it was that and then i just never did it i haven't done it for 20 years so it's great smart smart uh, you look you, you learned your lesson you moved on with your life and that's that's fucking rad um, i'm just trying to give silver linings silver linings in this podcast ross silver I, linings. and look i look i, I appreciate it like you're, you're you're dropping gifts to the world right now and uh, and i appreciate it <laughs> I want to I want to get back to a movie though early on in your career. I want to get back to another not, not another teen movie, if you don't mind. Uh huh. Not yeah. another teen movie. I screen tested. It was me and uh, and Chris Evans for that movie. And yeah. He, he ended up no getting way. it. Yeah. And we had a mix and match. And uh, Kevin uh, Kevin Hart was up for the Dion Richmond role. Um. So I I mixed and no matched. No way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at that director oh hated me for whatever reason. Uh, Joel something. Joel, Joel Gallon. Joel Gallon hated me, and like uh, I ended up getting along with Kevin Hart really well. Um, neither of us got that no movie. No way. Yeah. Kevin Hart was up for that. Yeah, yeah. Kevin Hart was up for that, and then I like the two of us. I kept like doing chemistry reads with him for like I don't know three or four other movies, and neither of us would get it. And it was always a comedy like that. Neither of us would ever get it and be like, man, fuck this shit. And he was the one who was who was like, hey, man, you, you've got to start writing. I'm writing my own shit. You need to start writing your own shit. Fuck all these other people. Um, and, and that's what I did. But uh, it's funny. When I go back and watch that movie, you were so good in that that you blended in. I didn't know that was you for the longest time. And we were friends for probably two or three years before I was like, holy fuck, that's Riley in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, a lot of people thought a lot because I played the West Bentley from American Beauty role. Yeah, when we were filming it, a lot of people thought it was West Bentley. And um, uh, dude, dude, no, no so, lie, no, I, I kind of did too because they dyed your hair. Yep. And, and when I saw it, I was like, God damn! And everybody who was with me was like, Man, that fucking kid! Like they really, they really got West Bentley in this thing. And I was like, Man, I don't think that's him. Uh, and then I was like, Holy shit, that's fucking Riley. Um, 
What was that like? Because yeah. that another buddy of mine was in that movie. I'm I'm friends with Dion Richmond. I've done a couple movies with him uh, since. Um, there was another uh, guy named Kyle who was in that movie. Uh, that was one of those movies that stuck with people for a long time, and they fucking love not another teen movie. Yeah, dude. That, well, you know, that was. I mean, that will I think always be like some sort of cult like thing with people. And it's funny. I still have a, in my office. I have a few of my posters up on the wall. You know, like you, like you do. Like if you're vain, like like we all are. Um, but but that one, like people will walk into my office and they're like, "Why do you have that on your wall?" I'm like, "I'm in it. I'm on the poster." And they're like, "That's you." And no one, no one knows that's me. Um, but I think that's kind of the fun of it. Uh, it's just such like random thing that came. I don't. I don't remember. I mean, at that time in our life, you know, we take whatever you get. I mean, you're just lucky if it's a good thing. And yeah, look, that, that like, was a real good time. thing because that look, everybody in that movie ended up being pretty fucking famous off of that. Um, yeah, and yeah. It's, it's one mean, of those movies thought? that everybody loved. That was just like fuck. I, like to this day, well, it's, w- it still keeps going. Yeah, I will say. I mean, there's something to be said about that sometimes. And I, I will actually, when you think about casting directors. You know, sometimes people don't think about casting directors, but when when uh, when you look back at things that where where people where the whole cast ends up really popping later in life, you can really trace it back to the casting director, in my opinion. And you go, that's a good fucking casting director because somehow, no matter what happened with that particular project, they found people that all ended up doing really really well, which means they had some sort of nose or sense for it, um, you know, at the time. And I've got a couple of things. I just did this Fox pilot like three years ago that didn't get picked up. Uh, I'm gonna make four years ago now. I didn't get picked up called Studio City, and I recently had like a uh, dinner with everybody from the cast, and everyone has gone on to like blow up. And uh, and and we were talking about it. we're like how would they have known that this failed pilot three you know four years ago on Fox like every cast member has like got their own show now and that's that's it's it's impeccable that they do that. They're the same with teen movie where you're right like everybody in that show was pretty much unknown at that point and then all ended up you know having a good career and it's like something has to be said for the and that one was Joseph Middleton who's a big great casting director in L A. Um, yeah, but it, he. You know, I, I, I ended up doing. Joseph ended up putting me in three movies after that, and after I didn't get that screen test for that, but he remembered. You're, you're right. Like he remembered, and he ended up putting me in, in three other movies, and uh, I was always yeah, grateful that's what, for that. That's what happens in this business. You know, it may not be the one you think you want or should have gotten, but they'll remember you and they'll put you in a lot more. So, you know, it's. It's just a game of numbers, really. If you're in that mix, yeah. I came up with a thing. I said I said this the other day out loud to myself, and I was like, I gotta write this down. Let me see if I can quote myself right. But I was like, I said something to the point that in LA, the beauty of it is is that a lot of people are only one yes away from a really big break. But LA is a lot of people think they're only one yes away from a really big break. Yeah, uh, and that, and that's the truth because it's uh, you you never really know, and you're like, oh shit, whatever you think it's going to be, it's probably going to be the opposite of where you're like, oh fuck that, like that that was the thing you you wanted me for, and now you're you're doing this. Um, I mean, shit, I remember yeah. doing uh, I did this small independent movie. I mean, super tiny. We're talking like you know probably two hundred fifty thousand dollar budget, uh, maybe five or six years ago with a guy named Eric Amadio. And then I'm watching uh, a show called Snowfall on FX. 
and he created it yeah. and produces it. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like it, this was a mockumentary comedy, nowhere near uh, close to an '80s, you know, crack cocaine drama uh, for FX. And uh, you, you really don't ever know at the end of the day. You just got to put in as much experience and you know hard work as you can, and then fuck. Some of these people wash out and ended up being good, and they remember you, and they're like, yo, why don't you come and do this? That'd be fucking dope. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And, and, and it can be something completely opposite. You never know. Yeah, yeah, you really don't. Uh, is there anything in your career that you look back on, and you're like, man, I really wish I would have I gotten that. That could have changed my life. Oh, fuck. I mean, hindsight's 2020. I mean, like, I, yeah, there's a lot of those things that, uh, that I mentioned that I'm glad I didn't get. Had I gotten them, maybe it would have worked out differently for me. I mean, I, I don't know. Not really. If I have, if I have to say, if I have to be an honest answer, no. I, I'm, I'm perfectly content with the way everything has worked out. And it's worked out for me personally on my journey, the way it's supposed to. Um, you know, I, I even you look at our boy Clayne with with the weapon, and it's like it took him a long time to get that role, but there was a reason why everything went the way it did for him to get to where he got. Um, I remember my executive producer of Frequency was the executive producer of, of Lethal Weapon, and when they kept looking, they couldn't find rigs. They couldn't find rigs. It was a worldwide search for this guy, and they were down to the wire. And we were at dinner in Vancouver, about to start our show, and she's like, "We found him." He's this guy, he lives on a farm, and they were so excited. And I'm like, Whoop, Joey? <laughs> and I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, he's one of my oldest friends. And she's like, you know, I'm like, yeah, you don't have to beg him to do this job. <laughs> I'm like, like you know, are you begging him? What are you talking about? But it's like everything worked out exactly the right way at that moment for him to get that job. And, and all of his failures and everything he had done had gotten him to that point. And, um, you know, and same with all of our friends. And, and for me, too, like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm not even where I want to be. I'm, I'm really happy with where I'm at. And I know that, that, that somewhere down the road, it's going to go some crazy other direction and, and it's where I'm supposed to be. I mean, as long as you're doing good work, you know, and as long as, as you're a good person and, and you, you do your job well and, 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 you know, you show up on work on time. And for me, it's like real simple. I follow, I try to follow like the, the simple rules, like, you know, just be nice and work hard. Like show up on time, say yes, ma'am, yes, sir, and don't be difficult. And like that gets you so far in any business. But um, you know, the rest is the rest is just up to so many different chances and things and opinions. And I've been on the other side of it where I've gotten to sit, I've already had the job and I'm reading people for my brother or, you know, whatever, like role on the show and and I see the decisions and the opinions that go into picking this person and it is such a random happenstance that like you get these jobs. And I always say like actors always say like, Oh, they got it wrong when they didn't pick you. And they never got it right until they pick you. And then they got it all right. Now everything's right in the world. But it's like, really, I mean, that's, that's kind of true in a way, not in the way that most people want to think it is, but, um, you know, you are where you're supposed to be and everything happens for a reason. And I mean, there are a lot of things that I wish I would have had the opportunity to do, but Again, it goes back to like what I've wanted to be on any of those teen shows for eight years. I mean, monetarily, maybe yes, but even that, you can't take that money with you and it, it, you'd lose that money over time. And I would have much rather had the experiences and the relationships and the, you know, the, the work that I got had rather than the, 
few hundred thousand dollars that I would have gotten because I was I would have spent that money anyway. And now instead, I, I have all those relationships and experiences, and I think to me that's so much more valuable and worth more than the the monetary funds that I would have gotten to do a teen show. So uh, I'm I'm perfectly content and will be for a while just staying under the radar doing good work or even if it's not good work, just doing work and making good relationships. Cause even when you don't, even if you're not doing good work, sometimes it's not all about you. It's not, I mean, this is a, a lot of times actors like they get so internal and it's me, me, me and I, 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 and what this does for me and what, what you know I'm doing for the show. And it's like, sometimes it's not even about that. It's like, just play a part, like play, play your role. Like for me, I'm really good at being a six man, like a role player and I'd much rather just like I'd rather play for the Golden State Warriors and set up some set up some jumpers and, and make my layups <laughs> when I get a when I get a free layup. You know what I mean? And just like play with good people and be around good people and be around good projects and uh, do my job. And then sooner or later you're gonna get you're gonna get the moment where the ball's in your hand with three seconds left, or you're at the line, you know, at the free throw line with. Uh, I'm by down by one with two shots. You know, you're gonna get that moment. And if you're if you've been a role player and you know how to do your job, then you'll be ready for that. So I don't think I've I I, I haven't gotten the ball in that moment yet, and I don't want it. So like I'm cool, just keep passing it. But <laughs> as long as I'm playing for the Warriors, I'm cool. You know, I'll take the ball like in another 15 years or something. I mean, like I look like Richard Linklater's like movies or you know like like I just. I want to. I want to be doing this for a long time. I don't want to be doing it right now. Yeah, you know? yeah. I let me ask you this: Do you think if you would have gotten rich at let's say twenty two, twenty three, you would have blown it? Well, I did, dude. I, I mean, listen. I came from a horse ranch in Iowa. I was making probably. I, I don't disrespect my family, but I think I was probably making more money at one point than anybody in my family, and I did blow it all. You know, I mean, there was a time when I had the house. You were there. I had the house. Everybody. Buddy partied in. Yeah. I had the Range Rover at the pool tables. I had a Pepsi. I still have the Pepsi. I, there's a few things I couldn't let go of, but I had the Pepsi machine, the pinball machine, the blackjack <laughs> table, and like I had all the shit, you know. And everybody's at the house, and yeah. Did I you had all did that. you own that house at that time? No, no, fuck no. I was smart enough at least to not own any of those houses that all of you fuckers destroyed. Oh, uh, we killed it. We <laughs> absolutely destroyed those houses. And I was like, man, that's why I asked. Because I was like, we fucking destroyed yeah. that house. And if you owned it, then yeah, I feel yeah. really now, bad I, about it. You know, you know, when I started buying homes the first time, and I say this, the best way to lose homes in LA is to buy a condo. And then that, that's exactly what I did. When I finally got tired of like partying in LA in those rental houses, I bought a condo in Studio City. And it was amazing how many friends I lost. <laughs> Which is actually a good thing, a good thing in my life, because no one wants to party at a condo. So I kept my good friends, my real friends, and then you know, I, and then I realized that my the rest were social acquaintances. No hard feelings at all, because I've been the guy who didn't want to go to a party at a condo either. But yeah, we, um, we all have, you know. But yeah, but no, I mean, dude, trust me, I I made a lot of money in my twenties and believe it all, and it wasn't until my thirties. After sometimes it, you know, different people have different experiences, but for me, I had come from nothing, made a lot, and lost it, and so I needed that to realize what I had and how to not do that again. And you know, I mean, all again, that all those are experiences that 
made me realize what I would do differently if I had a second chance. And, and thank God I, I got a second chance, you know, and, and, and it really didn't have to affect the first chance. I, I kind of rolled it right over in, into the second one. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. No, you, you've done well. Like if I'm looking back on it, like I still regret the Chris Evans thing where it's like, Jesus Christ, man, I could be captain America today. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm kidding. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm kidding. He's he, no, yeah. I, he's in all in all honesty, like because I've heard this from various friends of mine. Um, we we have some mutual friends, and uh, look, he's been Captain America now for you know almost ten years at this point, and he can't do anything else because they're shooting so many of those goddamn things, and each of them is like a six yeah. or seven month shoot. That he, he can't do things that he really wants to do. And uh, I'm sure that's frustrating where he's he's probably at the point where if he was on the show, he'd be like, yo, I'd give all this money back if I could just do an indie drama where, you know, I overdose of heroin. Yeah. Little known fact, and I don't think he'd be mad if I said this, but uh, he and I did a Fox uh, failed pilot together as well. I mean, all these come back to me and my, my failed pilots, but. Um, uh, look, oh, I'm, I'm over like five myself, Riley. So I, I can't, I, dude, I've, <laughs> I've never gotten one of those motherfuckers on the air. So we're, we're, we're in the same. Yeah, I did. I'm not <laughs> we did one, I think it was like 2003 or four. We did one Fox and the, uh, spinoff of witches of Eastwick, the share movie and, uh, Michelle. Pfeiffer yeah. 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 I, I remember that. I, I think yeah. I auditioned for that as well. Yeah. Yeah. We, so we, we, uh, but the, the, I, I'll never forget. He, he and this is what I love about Chris. So we played brothers on it, and and I was to Vancouver to shoot it, and he's like, "Man, I don't even want to be doing this." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, well, I, "I reluctantly tested for it, and then I got so nervous for the audition that I took an Ambien, or I don't know if it was an Ambien or a Xan. I know it might have been a Xanax. I think it took a Xanax because he got so nervous. And so basically, he sort of blacked out <laughs> during the screen test, went home and took a nap." And then he got woken up to a call from his agent who was like, yo, you got the job. You're moving to Vancouver. And he's like, what? I didn't sign up for this. And I'm like, yeah, you did. No he's way. Like, so then all the, the whole time I was doing the pilot, he's like, I don't even want to be here. And I'm like, oh but like, and then that was like, was that right before, right after team movie? It was like right around the same time. I think it was right before. And then team movie happened and he exploded. So, you know, again, there you go. Everything happens for a reason. So that's um, true. It's you, true. Yeah. Uh, what's your dream role? Is there anything out there where you're like, man, if, if I could, if I could play X in a biopic, who, who would be your ultimate end all be all? Is it a musician? Oh, no. Nah, yeah, maybe. I mean, shit. I, I always get this question about that. Like, what's your, what kind of dream role? And, and I really, I feel guilty. I feel like, a like I'm a bad actor for not saying that I have this one particular role I want to play. Like, I feel like everybody's like, I want to be this and this role. And they have so specific. And then I'm like, am I, am I not dedicated? Am I a bad actor? Cause I don't have that. But then if I think about the reverse of that, really, I don't have that because, um, I want to do this forever. And I'm, I, and I feel like, even though I've been doing this 20 years, a lot of that was in my, my teens where I was just cutting my teeth, getting by, taking jobs, you know, figuring out who I am. I'm still figuring out who I am. I'm really emotionally, mentally, as a 40 year old man, trying to figure out who I am. So, and, and, and as much as people want to say you're an actor and not a person, really, they bleed together. And you've got to figure out who you are as a human being before you can portray any other human being. And so I'm, I'm still going through that journey with myself. And so I, I, I don't have one particular thing I want to play. I, I want to play a lot of things and I want to do this forever. So 
I hope that I never have like I, I hope I never get that one thing and be like that's it I did it like I, I want right. to do every I want to do a lot of things and I think the more I grow as a human being the more I'll figure out that there's more that I want to do and explore um I can, but I, I do I can, know, like, I can see I, you playing a, uh, like Kurt Cobain in like a biopic back in the day I would love that I would love that I would love the music guy and I love like cop dramas and shit um you know I I do know what my wheelhouse is that I I know what I a lot of people see me as, and I know where I get hired for a lot. And it's a lot of that, like behind the eight ball guy with his back against the wall type shit. And I, I love that. I'm good at that, I think. But, um, but I, but, you know, there's a lot of things I want to do. So, no, there's not, there isn't, yeah, Kirk Cobain would be amazing. Huh? But there's not one particular role right now that I'm like, that's it. Like, there's not. I, yeah, and, and that, that's I'm true. Up. Yeah, and you, and you never know what's going to come up in the future either because, uh, you know, you take, like, Miles Teller, for example. He was on a couple months ago. He was on the show. And yeah. uh, we were talking yeah. about, like, uh, at the time, Thank You for Your Service was out. Um, Bleed for This was out. Uh, I mean, the, the guy was doing Academy Award caliber type shit. Um, it didn't get the recognition. The movies didn't do that well. Oh, you know, he did the fire, the firefighter movie as well with Josh Brolin. Um, and, uh, you know, and then today I, I read that he's playing, um, Goose's son in the new Top Gun movie. And it's like, dude, that job was nowhere near the, the, the table fucking three or four months ago when we did the interview. And it's like, you really don't know what's going to come down the pipeline, uh, at any given moment. So I, yeah, yeah. I, and, I understand that. And then one job changes everything, you know, and all of a sudden all these other things are like opened up to you and you just don't know. But no, I, I, I mean, bro, I've always like, for me, Leo, Leo's always been my idol and I'm not afraid. It's, it's weird because he's so like, so close to my age. to idolize somebody that's like, you know, most people are like De Niro or Pacino or like all these older actors. But for me, I'm like, oh, no, I don't give a fuck. Like Leo's awesome. And I think he's so good. What I love about Leo is that he's never really been able to change his look a whole lot. But within five minutes of any movie, you believe he is the person he is, even though you're like looking at Leo, like you really can't change his physical being too much. But within five minutes, you're like, you don't even see Leo. You see whoever he's playing. And I've always had that, that issue where I can't really grow a lot of facial hair. I can't, my, my look isn't very chameleon. I'm kind of who I am. And the only way I'm going to make people believe that I'm somebody different is to really, you know, dive into the character and make them believe that if that's the case. So, I, I mean, I, I, I love his work and like his kind of shit is like what I'd love to do. Um, yeah. It's, with it's, like he, he's had the dream career to me where it's just I, like, I, I just saw yeah. a, a picture. He's doing the new Tarantino movie with Brad Pitt and you're just like, God damn it. Yeah, man. That, dude, that was so dope. I know I, that, that guy just continues to churn out amazing roles one right after another. And you're like, fuck man. Uh, how, do, how does your life get any better than this? It's amazing. I feel like for me, I'm slowly morphing into Josh Brolin. Um, I feel, <laughs> I, I feel like, you know, I started off as Goonies, Josh Brolin and like, you know, later on and like, like I'm slowly just morphing into an older Josh Brolin. Um, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it, dude. Hey, by the way, I, I got, I have to come visit you in Wilmington. That is one of my favorite cities in, in, in the world. Like I love Wilmington. I, I filmed out there a few times. I don't think you were there when I was there, but I, but randomly, my very first day there, I was on the beach, and uh, out of Wrightsville, and uh, and um, 
uh, Kenny Powers. What's, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ken, who, Kenny Powers. Who's that? I'm sorry. The guy who plays, the guy who plays Kenny Powers. What's his name? Oh, oh, uh, uh, Danny McBride. Absolutely. Yeah, Dan, Danny McBride yeah, was here all the time. Yeah, he used yeah. to live here for yeah. a while. Yeah. Yeah, he was like, he and his family and all their friends were like sitting on the beach. And I'm like, holy shit. So we started talking. He was super cool, man. We started talking and, uh, and I love that town. That town is awesome, man. It's, that's a great town. It's the best. It was one of those things where I got married and my wife was pregnant. And I, I kind of very similar to Clayne as well, where I, you know, I looked at her and I just said, look, um, my best friend and, and producing partner for all, all of these movies um, he, he had, a, he, at that point, two or three kids and I watched what he was going through trying to raise kids in Los Angeles. And I looked at my wife and I was like, man, I, we should move out of Los Angeles. I can commute. I, you know, I luckily knock on wood. I'm, I'm fortunate. Like I, I direct, write, produce and star in one movie a year essentially. And, um, uh, and I have, you know, every year for the last nine years out of my company. And I was just like, look, Pick a city that you like that is beautiful um, and then, you know, we'll buy a house there and then I'll commute back and forth to L.A. And that's what we did probably around four years ago, four and a half years ago. And, uh, you know, I'm still in L.A. probably, I don't know, four months out of the year. I got to go back in a couple of weeks. I was there the first half of this year. Are you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I'm always... Oh, dude, you got to call me. When you come out next time, we got to get some beers. I will. You're, you're one of those people, though, who's literally always working. And it's it's the same with, with Christian as well, where it's just like you guys are always on series. And I know yeah. I know how brutal that schedule is. And, you know, you have friends that come into town and are like, oh, it's fucking rage. And it's like, hey, man, I, I've been putting in 15-hour days, six days a week. Like, I'm sensitive to that fact, but everybody else isn't. Um, and, and that's what always gets me where it's just like, all right, cool. Uh, so, so usually it's one of those things where it's like, Hey man, you have my number. You have downtime. Let's fucking rage. Cause, uh, I, I'm down, but, uh, I I'd love to, for sure. Um, you have a new, you have a new show coming out on Fox this fall. What's the name of that? Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's called proven innocent. Um, it's the, uh, that, so yeah, I was just actually thinking when I said we should drink, I probably won't even be in. You LA won't be there. Day. Nope. No, I'm, you ne- won't. I'm never here. I'm no, like, the last two years I've been in Vancouver, and now I'm moving to Chicago uh, next month. Um, Chicago's yeah, a great city, by the way. Have you shot? Have you have you lived oh, there? Bro. Uh, it's the best. Yeah, well, I grew up. I grew up three hours from there in Iowa, so like Chicago is the big city next to where I'm from. So I know Chicago well. A lot of my family all moved there after graduating, and. So yeah, for me this is like going home. You know, I mean, I'm I'm basically going home to work. So I'm pretty you know, pretty stoked about that. But uh, but it's cool. It's a, the co-creator Danny Strong of uh, of Empire. Oh yeah, and uh, that did well for Fox, and so I think they have high hopes for for him and, and us. But we we just signed on Kelsey Grammer to be uh, the lead uh, villain on the show, and I'm I'm really stoked towards it with him. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's awesome. So, uh, so yeah, so we're, we, you know, it's, it's basically a show about, uh, uh, my sister and I on the show, we get convicted of murder, uh, 20 years ago where we're in high school, in high school and, and, uh, by, but Kelsey Grammer's character puts us in jail. And, uh, and then we, um, we finally get found uh, not, not innocent, but they don't have enough to keep us in jail for guilt. And, uh, so my sister starts a um, a kind of pulls together a ragtag group of people to 
um, become lawyers for an innocence project to defend wrongfully accused victims. And my character kind of shows uh, the flip side of what happens when you get out of jail after uh, after 10 years, which is you can't get a job. No one in town wants you to be there. They all hate you and think you're a murderer. And really, that's the reality of it. She becomes a successful lawyer, and, and my life sucks. And and, and then I, I, I go to work for the firm kind of under the table because I can't get a job. And then uh, by the I don't know when it's going to be now in the season, but at some point, Kelsey's character is going to come back after us um, and try to put us back in jail on a, on a new charge. And so, you know, we're kind of fighting for other people's innocence while trying to protect our own. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked about it. I mean, my, my, the reason, like, I, it was the first pilot I read this year. And I'd gotten offered a bunch of pilots from the CW because I'd just gotten off a couple of seasons on a CW show. And, sure. And, 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 uh, but this was the first pilot I read. And I was like, this is the, this is the show I want. This is the role. I, and it was only based on this role. This role is so killer. It's kind of the emotional backbone of the, the series. And, and he's just like, I love, again, I love these guys whose backs against the wall, like making people, understand relate and feel for somebody like that and really cheer for a guy like that like you want to see this guy succeed and so um so i kept passing on the cw roles while waiting for them to hire the lead girl um rochelle lefer ended up getting it but it took like a month they, they had like a worldwide search and couldn't find the girl and meanwhile i have to look like the sister so they can't hire me until they hire the sister ah. and uh and so in the meantime, I'm passing on other projects and going crazy. And I finally, I went to Nashville, recorded some music and just got out. I called, I called my manager. I was like, uh, I can't take this. I'm going to Nashville. Call me if they find the girl that looks like me. If not, I'm not doing a pilot. And I've done, as you know, we just talked about, I've done a pilot every year, but I was like, I don't, I don't have shit to prove. I don't need to do a pilot. Like if I don't do one this year, it's not the end of the world. Um, I want this one and if it doesn't work out, I'm not doing one. And I went to Nashville. I was there like two weeks. I started to get kind of worried actually. I was like, God, are they going to find this girl? And then on a Friday, they called me and said, uh, they found a girl. She looks like you get on a plane back to LA. I think you might have to screen test because it's Fox. And I hadn't worked for Fox in a couple of years. I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'll test. I don't care. And my agent's like, you're not testing. I was like, I'll test. And uh, I got on the first flight out. And by the time I went in LA, they had offered me the role and I was on a flight to Chicago that night. So then the rest was history. That's crazy, man. The cool thing about that is it's timely. Um, all of those documentaries on Netflix about murder, making a murder, a staircase, all that shit, like th- that, that's, you know, uh, essentially what this sounds like, where you're going back in time and trying to figure out this crime. Uh, and then somebody's trying to put you back in jail. So fuck, man, with, with that pedigree of, uh, you know, Danny Strong from Empire and all that shit. You might have a good shot at this one, Riley. This could be the this could well, be the dude, one. I keep saying one of these this has got to go more than a year. You know, <laughs> I mean, it, 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 you know, like uh, here's the thing: like as long as you're as long as everything is getting better and better. And I remember it was a joke. Like, you know, at first you're like you get a pilot and it doesn't go, and then after like ten don't go, you're like one of them's got to go. And then finally, I started getting pilots that went. Took me a little longer than most. And then I'm like, all right, cool. Now they're going, but they're only lasting a year. 
And so then now the joke is one's got a lot of fun. So, I mean, the trend is still moving forward. So now it's just I got to get one to go longer than a year. And then whenever that ends, then the joke will be, can I get one to go longer than three years? You know? yeah, exactly. Sooner or later, sooner or later we'll, you know, we'll all be Ashton Kutcher and just have shows to go for 15 years. 15 years. Or you, or you get su- so successful, you're like Danny McBride, where you're like, hey, man, I'm only doing shows that only go two years and I'm ending it because I want to. Uh, which is what he's doing right now. So, um, Riley, where yeah, can everybody yeah. find you on social media? Um, I so my shit. My Instagram is uh, Riley Smith Official. I'm cue uh, everybody's laughs right now. Um, by the time I, I refuse to get social media, two years ago, CW made me get it, bro. I, we're we're all in the same boat, man. With that, like all, all, all of us, because like you know, when you start off, and I've told the audiences a million times, like when we started, they were like, "Dude, keep your private life private. Don't put anything out yeah. in the public." And then you know, fucking 2012, 13. All of a sudden, it was put everything you do on social media, everything. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 I fought it forever. So by the time I got, by, by the time I got Instagram, there was a million Riley Smith. So I had to go with the, the stupid Riley Smith official handle. Um, Same, I, man. My, the, mine was the, gone. So I had to go by a character name from like one of my last movies. Yeah. But yeah. 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 No, but I like it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Uh, what about Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff? You, you, you got uh, uh, fan Twitter, page? Twitter, I actually got my name. Twitter's just Riley Smith. Uh, at Rice and, and Facebook, I, I, I don't even know. I, 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 you have to ask about parents. I don't even know who uses Facebook anymore. I haven't blogged on Facebook in like five years. I, well, <laughs> hey, congratulations, man. I wish I didn't have to. If I could, if I could go dark on social media forever, it'd be fucking amazing. Um, but in this right? day and age, you just, you can't, um, you can't. Yeah. Well, dude, I look, I appreciate it. Uh, you being on the show. Fuck man. We've been friends forever. I, I wish you nothing but continued success You've always been one of my favorites, man, and and I'm glad you you continue to keep working, dude. You're you're awesome, dude. Thank you, man. I'm I'm so happy for you too, man. And I, I obviously I you know I follow you and like all your shit and comment on it and like I that that is as much as we hate social media and I sound old as fuck saying this. I do love that it allows us to stay in touch in that weird realm that we're not used to. That, but it it is a real thing, and it's cool that I get to still you know watch and listen and see all the shit you're doing so um you know regardless of if i'm in la or not next time you come here at least check in and see if i'm here because if you're not i'm not punching the balls we need to have a drink i will i will for sure as always again like dude whenever your friends are working and all that shit you're like ah, i don't want to bother him uh i know he's doing great i can see him every day and that is, you're right that is the one thing i love about social media where it's like I don't feel like I've missed you for fucking 15 years. Like, I feel like I, I, I right. see you every day and I'm like, great. Fucking a awesome. This is, this is awesome. Um, well, dude, yeah. I, I, again, thank you so much for being on the show, dude. I love you and uh, continued success, my man. Thank you, bro. Much love, dude. Thanks for having me, man. And, uh, you know, I'll keep listening to you. So, uh, keep it up. Keep up the good work. All right. Bye, buddy. See you, bud. Bye. That was Riley Smith, a great actor, talented dude. He's one of those guys, again, if you look him up on IMDb, you're going to see a million credits. You're going to be like, oh, fuck, I know that guy. I know that guy. He was in that? He was in that? Yeah, yeah, he was. Oh, he was in that as well. Um, He was also in, like, New York Minute with the Olsen twins. Like, 
really going back. Uh, the talented dude. Um, I, hopefully the show goes because God knows he, he deserves it. There's always those people when you're uh, up against or acting with or, or your best friends with in Hollywood where they get a million shows and they never stick. You hope this one sticks and, and I hope he's richer than Jesus and it goes on uh, forever and ever. But uh, love the dude and uh, super stoked he was on the show. Uh, thanks for tuning in, kids. Uh, this was a fun one. Uh, late night. We went real late tonight. Uh, live from Los Angeles. Um, Riley Smith was. And uh, I'm Ross Patterson. This is The Revolution. Good night, everyone. Uh-huh.